So tonight I haven't actually used the topic that's advertised. We're calling this, What's on the Menu? Oh no, sorry. So just think for a moment about what your favourite food is, but not for too long. And if you really get hungry, there's a box of lollies going around somewhere, so you can always satisfy. Here it is. Anybody who wants a lolly, if thinking about your favourite food makes you hungry. Who likes seafood? I don't. Anything that swims in the sea is safe from me. Might be pizza or maybe you've got bored with pizza. Maybe you're bored. Mind you, with our two children, there was one weekend when I was away and Eric looked after Robert and Meredith. Robert would not eat KFC and Meredith would not eat McDonald's, so they went hungry. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on. What's on the menu? Well, watch out because it might be you. And here's our passage Um, from 1 Peter and I love that lion. I looked at dozens and dozens of lions on Google Image and I came up with him because I think he he really expresses the idea the best. I'm sorry, you have to put up with the New King James Version because that was already printed there. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Mind you, as much as we look at that and we laugh immediately at the image and then we think about applying that to Satan and it's just an analogy, Satan really is not a lion but this is just a way of describing him, But mind you, it wasn't all that many years after Peter wrote this that Christians were facing that exactly when there was persecution in the Roman Empire and Christians were fed as lunch to hungry lions for the entertainment of the thousands of people sitting around in the amphitheatres watching and cheering the lions on as they tore the Christians limb from limb. So it's got a really serious side to it. I hope you enjoy the pictures that I've found for you tonight but I hope it doesn't detract from us really seeing the serious side of what we're looking at. And there are plenty of people in the world today who may not be facing being torn apart by lines but are suffering equally just because they're Christians. We take for granted so much the fact that we are free to walk in. There's not even a soldier at the door taking our names. If you were in Iran, there would be. If you're a Syrian living in Iran, you're allowed to go to church. If you're an Iranian, you're not. And your name would be taken at the church and you'd be hauled off to jail. We just take for granted our freedom. So let's just remember that because it comes back to this picture that Satan is walking around the world. There's no doubt this is where he is living. And he is looking for someone to chew on is what that's about. Now, we really want to look at how do we avoid being dinner? Satan might like to have us on his menu, but how do we avoid it? And the first thing, and this doesn't particularly come from scripture, this is just plain common sense, is to know your enemy. 
It's very unwise to go into battle without knowing the strength of your enemy, what weapons he's got, how many there are likely to attack you and what strategies he normally uses. And so armies will have spies that go and spy out the opposition and see what their enemy is like. And for us, it's really, really important that we know Satan, who he is and how he's going to attack and then we'll come on later how we can ward off or fend off those attacks. And the first thing to notice is that as much as Satan would like to undermine you and whisper things in your ear, if you have given your life to Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in you, he cannot have you. He cannot drag you down to hell with him. He cannot possess you. He cannot own you. Now he will do all he can to worry you. He will do all he can to make your life a misery because this is the way that he works. It isn't that he takes Christians completely out so they're no longer Christians and instead they're working for him. What he is content to do is to just undermine us, just get in and make us useless, make us disbelieve what God is saying. Whisper in our ear that we're no good. Look at what we've done. God couldn't possibly love us. Fill us with guilt about the people that we are. Just work on us. And also, one of his greatest strategies is to undermine relationships. Look, I can't say this strongly enough. One of the ways in which we image God is in relationship. God himself is in eternal, permanent relationship. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He's not just one, he is three in one. And relationship is obviously such an important part of who God is and he's made us to reflect that. Relationships are so important for us. And so Satan is going to try to get in and muck up any relationships that we have. Husband and wife, think about the number of Christian marriages that are under stress. Satan will do all he can to come in and try and undermine and break up Christian marriages. We really have to be aware. We'll go on in a moment and look at being alert. We let Satan come up and do all this stuff and we're not aware of what he's doing. We need to realise, stay on the lookout for him, know what he does. Children and parents, goodness me, the relationship between children and parents is difficult and it remains difficult. I went into Coorong a couple of weeks ago and I had a look at the parenting books. They had a whole stand of parenting books and I marched up to the desk And there was this lovely Islander girl on the desk, this sweet, sweet girl, and I said to her, you're missing something. And she looked at me, you know, because Kurong has this, whatever it is you want, we'll find it for you. I said, I've just been to the parenting section and there is no book there that tells me how to bring up my 49 and 51-year-old children. (laughs) It doesn't get easier. 
I'm sorry, <laughs> both kids and parents, we, <laughs> we both go on striving to form good relationships and keeping those good relationships. Siblings, how many Christian brothers and sisters, I mean blood siblings in the same family, find that it's difficult to get on? People are not our enemies. When Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, he meant it. People are not our enemies. It's Satan. It's the roaring lion. It's Satan who is our enemy. But he doesn't always come as a roaring lion. Now, I looked at dozens and dozens and dozens of pictures. I've Googled up this passage and the, all these pictures came up, wonderful pictures of lions and, and this one with the pussycat. Now, first of all, I took that out and put that on, on this slide because I thought that is just so ridiculous. Fancy anybody putting that verse, your, you know, your enemy walks around like a raging lion with two little kittens. <laughs> and it wasn't until yesterday that I thought, hang on, how often does Satan come in the guise not of a raging lion but of an innocent little pussycat. Just try this once. You know, it'll be all right. No, no, you, won't, you won't get into trouble. There won't be any harm. Nothing's going to come of it. Just, just try it once. You know, it, it looks good. It feels good. Yeah, yeah, just, just try it. Just like stroking a dear innocent little pussycat and it's not until you have done that and given in to what Satan has whispered in your ear that he suddenly then turns around and changes into that lion. The pussycat suddenly grows those huge teeth and the claws. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy he was in no doubt at all about who Satan was and the power that Satan had and what he wanted in our life. There is nothing good. Eric used to say, Satan is no gentleman. And that's quite right. What Satan likes to do is to cause you to do something wrong and then make you suffer for it. It's a double whammy with Satan. He doesn't just pull you down and tempt you into sin and then go away and leave you, he then rubs your nose in it and he rejoices when we suffer because of the things that we have done wrong. So a bit more about how to avoid being dinner. Be self-controlled and alert. do hope you like that picture. The more I look at it, the more I wonder, can they actually all jump into their vehicle before that lion can cross the road and get them? And the more difficult it seems for that to happen. They were all looking out on the wrong side of the road. They were on the lookout for a lion, but they were not looking in the right direction. I'm very sorry that it, 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 it says, did you see a lion? No. Hmm, bad luck is what it says. Look behind you. Hooray! <laughs> but this is what happens, it's exactly... Uh, look, I had great fun choosing these pictures and I'm sure that you'll enjoy seeing them, but 
It's exactly what happens to us. This is precisely what happens. We find ourselves in the middle of a situation and we're grumbling and muttering and groaning and carrying on and doing the wrong thing and having the wrong reactions and we're caught up in the middle of it and we don't see it coming. If you lived in Africa and you lived in lion country, how foolish would you be to walk around with your ears closed and your eyes closed just looking at the pathway around you? If you lived in lion country, wouldn't you be alert every time you walked outside? Wouldn't you be looking around you? Wouldn't you be listening for the roar of a lion? Wouldn't you be listening for any rustling in the grass? Because you know that the lion wants to make you dinner. You're not in any doubt about that and you would be on the alert. So why the Mary Dickens are we not on the alert? We are in precisely the same situation. Peter can't put it any plainer. It's as if we lived out in the bush in Africa and we're walking around through lion country and Satan is a roaring lion looking for somebody to chomp on. But yet suddenly the lions in our life, we're doing the wrong thing, we're, we're reacting in the wrong way. We haven't worked out that this is Satan. Now, Things happen to us. Bad things happen to good people. It's how life is and don't look at too many preachers on the internet or Christian channels who want to tell you that when you become a Christian, life is going to be rosy and you're going to prosper and everything in the garden is going to be lovely. It's not actually what we read in the New Testament. Life is still full of suffering. And the Christian way, God does not bring us out of that suffering. He doesn't stop that suffering. He brings us through it. Um, I read a quote by Peter Wagner. We're into microwaving, but God's more into marinating. (laughs) Or slow cooking, if you like. We want out of this uncomfortable situation. But God may be saying to us, no, I'll journey with you through it. You'll learn things in this situation. If everything's rosy, you won't learn anything. But going through this, you will learn and the biggest lesson you'll learn is to trust me. I am dependable. I'm there all the way. Now, as much as God uses those situations, guess who else uses them? Satan uses those situations too. And if we're not aware of it, we can find ourselves reacting to this situation. Why does God allow this to happen to me? If God loved me, he wouldn't let this happen. God, you've abandoned me. You're not listening to my prayers. You said you'd be with me always, but if you were, I wouldn't be going through this situation where... And we go on and on and on listening to Satan murmuring all those things in our ears. He uses the situations in life just as God can use them. Which one are we going to listen to? Are we going to listen to Satan or are we going to listen to God telling us, no, we can learn and grow through these situations? 
knowing our enemy and being alert are so important. Paul says in the second um, letter to the Corinthians, we are familiar with Satan's evil schemes. Well, you and I need to be familiar to that verse needs to be true of you and me as it was of Paul. We need to become familiar, not to fear Satan because the power of God is stronger, but to know what his evil schemes are likely to be and what he can get up to. So we're still working out how to avoid being dinner. Now, there are two copies of that picture on the internet. You've obviously got to pay money to get the full one and I wasn't paying any money. I was brought up by a stingy father and I wasn't... So you just have to imagine the rest of the wording around the dear little boy. But I did love it. Back off, devil, I belong to Jesus. Don't you like it? (laughs) It's very interesting sometimes what scripture doesn't say. Before we look at what scripture does say, let's look at what it doesn't. It doesn't say run away. Now, if you were in lion country and you saw a lion in the distance, then obviously you're going to run. The scripture never says run away. In fact, James says precisely the same thing. Resist him. And Paul said, stand. When Paul's talking about the Christian's armour, he says, stand. Not run away, stand. Stand and resist Satan. That word from James contains the most beautiful promise. Resist the devil and he will flee. Not he might, or he'll think about it, or if he's in the mood, or if you resist him hard enough, resist him and he will flee. It's a promise and it's a truth. And I'm going to give you two illustrations of it in a moment. But the other half is a lovely, lovely promise. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Now, I want to tell you two illustrations from my own life about resisting the devil. One took place some years ago and the other one was just recent a few weeks ago. And the one from some years ago was when Bob Dennis was pastor and Greg Prosper and I were the two elders. And one Sunday, Bob was going to be away. Greg was preaching, but Bob had asked me to do something in the service. For the life of me, I can't remember what it was and you'll you'll understand why, but let's say it was to lead communion. And so I came to the service and I prepared this very carefully because it was in my early days of doing much up here. Um, And so I prepared it all very carefully and just before the service was due to start, Greg came up to me and he said, oh, and by the way, I'll lead communion or I'll do whatever it was I had so carefully planned and prepared and Bob had asked me to do it. Well, two minutes before the service, I wasn't going to have an argument with Greg. It's not good to have an argument two minutes before the service starts. So I just smiled sweetly and said, yes, that'll be all right. So then the service started and I was sitting down there with Eric and we were singing the first song 
and resentment started to build up in my mind. I started to think, but Bob asked me to do that and I've spent all week preparing to do that and Greg's been a pastor before and he's done that many, many times before. And and I realised what was happening because resentment has always been one of my failings and I could... I could see it as, if, as clearly as if Satan stood beside me. Here he was tempting me to go down this path of resentment again. Well, I stopped singing and I said out loud, go away, I'm not interested. Now, nobody heard me because everybody else was busy singing and then I resumed singing again <laughs> and he did go away. But it was, I'm not interested that, that's, that, that's the key. Not, I really wish you'd go away. That won't do it. Or, I, 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 don't, I don't think I want to go down that track. That won't cut it either. Go away, I'm not interested. You know the way you answer those, those nuisance calls of people wanting money or to buy something? No, thank you, I'm not interested and put the phone down. It's exactly the same with Satan. Now the other one happened about three or four weeks ago. I'd driven down to Penrith and because of my age, driving to and from Penrith and spending half a day in Penrith, I'd come home exhausted. So I walked into the house exhausted and I was expecting an email so I went out to the computer, turned it on, no internet. (laughs) Right, so I picked up the mobile phone, no phone, was as dead as a doornail. okay. Can't do any of that, forget all that, I'm tired. I'm too tired to read, I want a cup of coffee and sit down and watch the television. Went to turn the television on, no television. All within the space of five minutes. Now, there are times, as you can see, I cope very well with Eric's death. I was well prepared for Eric's death and it didn't hit me very hard at all. I've I've coped extremely well. Times like that though, however, when I was used to a man fixing things, it suddenly falls in on me and I, I just, I feel I can't cope with this. This is just all too much. And it, it. Now, at that point, I could have either got very angry because things wouldn't work, you know, what happens when your mobile phone doesn't work and things don't work, we'd get angry. Or I could have sunk into that miserable, poor me and had a wonderful pity party. And at that point, again, I realised what was about to happen. Now, you remember how Jesus quoted scripture at Satan? Well, these days I've taken to quoting scripture too. It's a particular verse from, um, from Philippians. You know the passage where um, Paul talks about Jesus being obedient to death on the cross and then it says that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So now when I know that there's a temptation like that coming, I stand and declare, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father and I say it again just in case Satan didn't hear it the first time or in case my own mind was wandering the first time and I say it again. That's resisting Satan. That's resisting. I have to tell you, the internet out was due to Telstra's outage. It wasn't the computer. I have no idea why the phone had gone dead. Meredith and I swapped SIM cards. It worked on hers and it worked when we put the SIM card back and it's worked ever since. 
and Meredith had switched something funny off on the television that I don't know what and we switched it back on, the television worked. So within five minutes I had everything working again. But it struck me that Satan uses those things that happen in our life to get us either depressed or angry um, but with a wrong attitude. So resist him. Resist him and he will flee. He will go. And we have one more. The last thing that Peter says is to stand firm in the faith. Now he goes on to say, you're not alone. There are plenty of other people around the world who are suffering just the same as you are. So that's an encouragement to us that we're not alone. But this is how we stand firm in the faith. First of all, by knowing his word. It's no use having 15 different translations of the Bible if they're all sitting on the shelf or being used as a doorstop. And these days I don't care whether you're reading it on your phone or listening to it on an MP3 player or playing it in the car or reading it or whatever, but get into the word of God. There is no substitute for getting into the word of God. This is how we are going to learn about our faith. There is no substitute for prayer, for coming, it says, draw near to God, come close to God and he will come close to you. So this is going to help us to stand firm in our faith and then the other one is exactly what we're doing here tonight. Joining together with our brothers and sisters in church, praising God, listening to the message, being part of prayer and so on, being part of small groups, home groups, going to youth group, wherever scripture is discussed, wherever you can share your concerns with other people, wherever you can join in prayer with other people, that helps to grow our faith and it helps us to stand firm in the faith. So may you be blessed. Remember some of the funny pictures and may they help you as you realise that Satan is coming around and he does want to chomp on you, but we can resist him by God's grace. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our loving Father. And even although we have an enemy who does want to take us down, an enemy who does want to undermine us and make us useless, yet, Lord, you are greater. Your power is greater. Help us to realise that if we resist him, he must flee. But help us to remember your love that says if we come close to you, you will always come close to us. We thank you and we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.